Good morning, and welcome to another edition of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Monica Braz, the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB Serving Western Ontario. Good morning. How many subscriptions do you have? In today's connected world, we subscribe to everything from meal delivery to cat videos, some free, some monthly, or even annual payments. On the final portion of today's show, we'll review things BBB suggests that you should know on what you're going to get when you subscribe to a service. The active real estate market means an active mortgage market. And later, we'll be joined by Mike Rogerzinski of OMAC to look at the choices you might be faced with when arranging a mortgage. Of course, the mortgage is on a property you hope to own. There is an irony in the fact that during the pandemic, when we had to stay home, many people chose to sell and move. So this morning, we look at today's real estate market and the things to consider if you've got moving on your mind. Peter Meyer, broker of record with Royal LePage Triland Realty, is joining us today. Thanks for being on the show with us, Peter. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Peter, the last time you joined us was here on Ask BBB. It was right at the beginning of the lockdown in March of 2020. How much have things changed since then? <laughs> um, the list might be shorter if I say what hasn't changed since then. So uh, the use of technology um, was something that uh, became much more forefront in the process of dealing in real estate. Zoom, as everybody has gotten so used to. And of course, our industry had always been set up for being able to do uh, electronic document sightings and, and things of that sort. And with viewing of properties on the internet, um, buyers were able to shop, um, you know, four properties on the internet. Sellers and seller's agents just boosted their presentation of properties uh, on the internet. So they would have more virtual tours, more photos and, and things of that sort. But uh, overall, the, the business just kept on uh, moving forward. And besides all of the technology, Peter, we saw changes in prices too. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, with real estate, um, you know, it's, it's a pure supply and demand uh, industry. And we weren't uh, able to and haven't been able to for many years to produce the type of supply that is needed particularly in London, where we were seeing that uh, with the changes with the pandemic for people who perhaps work in downtown Toronto or Mississauga or Kitchener or Guelph, and it was the, um, you know, the pandemic uh, move is what we call it, or pandemic sprawl. And London was definitely a benefactor of that. Uh, on the selling side of things, of course, it put additional pressure on any of our buyers that were looking to uh, to get into the market or uh, people who were selling and staying in the uh, the market in London. Then they saw that what they were purchasing, uh, the prices were increasing quite substantially as well. So when markets go high, sometimes people start being concerned about a cooling down effect or a market bubble. What are your thoughts on that at the present time? Yeah, it's, you know, it's tough when you live in a city and, and you see prices increasing the way they have in London. Uh, you know, we, we haven't really seen the prices aren't necessarily high in London. They are for London people high. But uh, I think that London had a lot of room to, uh, to catch up uh, with the rest of the province as far as where it was placed in, in the market and pricing. Uh, the frenziness has gone out of the market. That said, Every house has to be taken on its own merits. Every neighborhood, um, 
you know, the positioning of a home. We still have many homes that are uh, seeing multiple offers coming in on their property. Uh, some of those multiple offers, the winning bid is still substantially over the asking price. Uh, and that is still happening, but it's not happening as frequently as what we saw earlier this year. Speaking of the multiple offer, offers, how do you help buyers who are often presenting offers that will be compared to others without knowing where they are? How, how do you advise clients in that case? Well, the, the number one and most important thing for a buyer to do is to make sure that they get pre-approved with either a mortgage broker or uh, with their bank. Once they've done that, now the buyer and the salesperson can create their strategy to look at homes that will fit within the affordability range of the the purchaser. And in some situations, you may be looking at house prices that are, you know, maybe 5% or 10% below what your ultimate purchase price may be in anticipation that you may have to actually um, bid over asking price in order to win the purchase of that home. So let's talk a little bit then about timing. You know, in the past, maybe it was a couple of months before a buyer would be found. We've heard stories of sales that happen in a day or two. So does this put extra pressure on both the buyer and the seller? And what role then does that real estate agent play in helping to deal with that pressure? Yeah. So again, I'll go back to the market that was three to four months ago. The frenzied market was not a market that anybody enjoyed. Uh, and in particular, real estate salespeople, uh, because it was just too, uh, too fast a pace. You know, the market is starting to cool. Uh, it's still a hot market, but it's cooler than what it was. And um, with that comes the ability that a buyer now Uh, in many situations, may have the opportunity to put conditions within their offer on on financing or home inspection. Um, They should have time to make sure that they can get a professional home inspector into the property to verify that the house is in the type of condition that they're expecting it to be in. And they should have time to be able to have their financial advisor be able to Uh, really go through and make sure that they're going to be able to have a mortgage that they need to purchase this property. So let's talk about a little bit of the work that real estate agents do. Um, What should homeowners know about how agents secure listings and what they are agreeing to when they do engage with a real estate agent? Well, just like anything in life, you get what you pay for. And um, so you know, if you're looking to deal with the, you know, what I say is the largest financial investment that most people make in their life. And one of the largest emotional investments as well. I mean, it's, uh, you know, we, we, you know, you're buying a house, you're, you know, but, you know, when you're selling, you're selling your home, it's your memories and things of that sort. So there's a lot of different choices out there as far as different uh, services that real estate salespeople can provide. You know, some people really need somebody who who understands their family dynamics and, you know, communicate with everybody in the family and, and help make the transition uh, really simple. There might be some additional stresses in certain circumstances that you need a realtor to be uh, compassionate for understanding of, or you might have somebody who is is more of an investor, and it's just a matter of um, it's just numbers and cents to them, and and so what they're looking for in a realtor might be might be different. Part of the process is the marketing process of of the property, but there is so much more that's involved in when it comes down to the negotiating of the agreement of purchase and sale as well. 
The key is, is as a realtor, is, is to get the agreement signed, but then to also make sure that the deal is going to close properly and to help the family through that whole transition, to see them off to their new property. And uh, it's a, you know, it's a process. And for some people, it's, it's a much deeper process than for others. And so you may need a different type of realtor, depending on your situation. Well, Peter, we want to thank you for taking time to join us here this morning on Ask BBB and giving us some insight in today's uh, real estate market. Fantastic. Thanks, Jim. And thanks, Monica. Nice to see you both again. Peter Meyer is broker of record with Royal LePage Tryland Realty and accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. Look them up in the BBB directory. Next, we'll talk about mortgages and things you should know before you sign on that dotted line. And we are back. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Monica is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. When you talk about real estate, you also talk about mortgages. It's kind of a chicken and an egg scenario. We have just finished talking about real estate, so now it's time to actually figure out the mortgage. Mike Rogozinski is with OMAC. Welcome to Ask BBB, Mike. Thank you for having me. So just like we said, chicken and an egg when it comes to real estate and mortgages. Is it more like horse and carriage, love and marriage? I'm not sure, but you can't really have one without the other. When do people usually call on you to find out about mortgage options? Depending on the individual, uh, it can be any stage of the process. Uh, what we recommend is that people get pre-approved before they start uh, house hunting, just to make sure that they're in the right price range. Uh, they know that there is mortgage financing available. If they do find that perfect property for themselves, uh, the better prepared they are, the smoother their transaction will be. The, there's two different ways that people can start the process. They can look at pre-qualifying or pre-approval. The pre-qualify is basically just um, the, the in individual will take the income figures, their liabilities, and tell them, okay, based on that information, this is what they qualify for. We recommend the pre-approval because we also do the credit check. So we can make sure there's no surprises that are going to show up uh, with any derogatory reporting history, uh, which better enables them to know that the financing is pretty solid. Uh, obviously, it depends on you know, the size of their down payment as well, but we take everything into account uh, we look at um, what uh, what they can afford comfortably. We don't want anybody to get in a situation where they purchase a home and their house poor. So are there any changes in regulations that have actually affected mortgage qualifications recently? Yes, the um, government changed the benchmark qualifying rate uh, as of June 1st. So it actually increased. Uh, at the time, it was 479 now it's 5.25. Essentially, what that did was that decreased people's purchasing power by about 4%. So it wasn't a huge impact, but it still has some impact in today's crazy real estate market. And it was more so to you know, protect against rising rates and uh, debt load that uh, Canadians are carrying, uh, probably in part due to the pandemic as well. So what are some of the choices then that people have once they realize they're, they're qualified? Uh, what sorts of choices are they faced with in arranging the mortgage and how do you help them determine what's going to be best for their situation? With most clients, um, it's really going to depend on their risk tolerance. So with first time buyers, the majority will go with say a five-year fixed rate term. They want to know what their payments are uh, for the next X number of years so that there's some stability, um, but they can also choose a variable rate product, which just means that rate's going to fluctuate according to the 
um, prime rate. So right now, that's a, a great advantage just because the prime rate is very low. Uh, but at some point, that rate is going to have to increase, which means the payments would increase as well. Uh, the other things that they can look at, you know, if they want a shorter term versus long term, and that depends on their goals. So if they feel they're only going to be in the house for three years, they may want to look at a three-year term as opposed to a five-year just to avoid any prepayment penalties. Um, they can also look at different amortization periods. You know, the longer the amortization, the lower the payment. Uh, with uh, an insured mortgage, 25 years is the maximum. An uninsured mortgage, meaning 20% down or more, they can go to a 30-year amortization, which again decreases their payment even further. They could pay bi-weekly, weekly, monthly. Uh, there are advantages to going weekly and bi-weekly. So we try and make sure that clients have as much information to make that educated decision um, that best suits their financing needs. So if people are first-time home buyers, how much do they need to look at for a down payment in terms of a percentage of the price of the property? So the minimum down payment for a first-time buyer is uh, 5% of the purchase price. Now that's up to a maximum ceiling level of 500,000. If they go above the 500,000, then any portion above that, it's 10% of that amount. So, you know, 5% on the first 500,000, 10% on the difference up to $999,999. Once it gets to a million dollar benchmark, uh, there's no longer uh, an option for insured uh, financing through CMHC, Sagen, or Canada Guarantee. So we did talk a little bit about the fact that, you know, first time homeowners need to consider a certain certain things, but with the price with the price of the market right now being so high, are there any suggestions or tips that you would give to somebody who's like thinking about entering into the market? Um, the, the first one is just be prepared. Uh, it's not going to be a very quick process, uh, in my opinion, anymore. A lot of first-time buyers, uh, unfortunately, are just getting priced out of the market with, with where property values are or multiple offer situations. And, and I've seen clients of mine where they go in 30 and 40,000 above the list price, and it goes for 100,000 over the list price. So in those situations, um, you know, it, it's very difficult. We also have to advise most of our clients or pretty much all our clients that they should have a financing condition with their offer. The problem with that in multiple offer situations is, is the ones without conditions are more attractive to the vendor because they know it's a firm deal going in. But without that financing condition, clients can put themselves in a position where they can, you know, get into some trouble if they can't close the transaction. So we're, we're telling all, all our clients up front that the pre-approval is going to help start the process. It may not be that they could purchase right now, but it might be when, and we have to give them a roadmap to get there. So the best things are, you know, keep credit uh, as, as clean as possible. Um, you don't want to carry too much debt. You don't want to have a car loan that's $900 because we have to factor that back in the mortgage, which then decreases what you qualify for. So, you know, keeping credit clean uh, and limited debt, um, you know, keep your income steady. Don't change jobs um, if you don't have to uh, for a year, a couple of years uh, and savings and gifted down payment from parents. Um, that seems to be a big one these days, just because obviously the down payment requirements are higher. Those that are coming out of university don't typically have a lot of funds set aside. Um, and in a lot of cases, the parents will have to co-sign as well. So there's, there's so many different scenarios now uh, that we're faced with, but a lot of them are requiring a co-signer or a bigger down payment and some assistance from their parents. If uh, someone comes to you for pre-approval, what sort of commitment do they have with that pre-approval? Well, we like to say that they're totally committed, but it, it's it, they have options. They can still go to their bank if they want. Um, you know, we, we, we pride 
ourselves on making sure that the clients know exactly what they're getting into, what to expect. Um, I don't like to use the term handholding, but that's, that's basically it. We want to guide them through that process uh, as, as easy as possible. Uh, Pre-approvals are generally good for 120 days. Um, after that point, we would have to requalify things. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's their free choice to make a decision. They want to deal with the broker. They want to deal with a bank, a credit union. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, that's the good thing uh, about this, uh, this environment is that they've got lots of options. Well, Mike, we want to thank you for taking time to uh, talk to us about mortgages this morning. And uh, thanks for being part of Ask BBB. It's my pleasure. Mike Rogerzinski is with OMAC, an accredited business with the BBB with an A-plus rating. And you'll find them in the BBB directory when you search mortgages. Do you know how many subscriptions you have? Stay tuned to hear what BBB prescribes when you subscribe. Welcome back to this final portion of Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with co-host Monica Braz, who is the Director of Marketing and Strategic Initiatives with BBB. Well, Monica, we do more and more things online in today's world, from watching movies and our favorite TV series to reading newspapers and magazines, and even to the music that we listen to. Yes, and even the snacks we eat while watching or reading. Just about everything is available on a subscription basis. So BBB has put together some tips on what you should know before you sign up. Things that will help you get the most out of the subscription while you watch your budget. So where do we start? Like so many things, research, research, research. Check BBB.org to see if the company has good business ratings. Look for customer reviews. Do some search of the company name and add the word scam or complaints to see if there's any red flags that appear. And look for the company on social media. So a lot of these companies offer free trials of their products or service. And that is a good way to know the company and try their product. But make sure you understand how the trial works. Find out how long the free trial part lasts. Know exactly what you're agreeing to and how to cancel it if you decide you do not want the product or service any longer. If that information is confusing or just isn't there, move on. If the company asks for a payment to get the free offer, you could be dealing with a scammer. Again, move on. Okay, but, but if we like the product or service and sign on, what are some of the points that we should keep in mind, Monica? Well, many subscriptions have an auto renewal. It's a very convenient way to keep your service current. They should send you a renewal notice. Check your bank statements to make sure that the renewal cost is also what you had expected. So what happens if I don't want to renew? With most companies, you can contact them and revoke the payment authorization and cancel the subscription. If that doesn't work, you can work through your bank to stop the payment. And if you decide you want to cancel a subscription, do it early rather than at the last minute. If you do it at the beginning of a billing period, you will still have the service for the rest of that month or that billing period. We mentioned all of the different subscription services. Yeah, I, with all of them, you, you could just lose track how many you have. Absolutely. So it is a good idea to keep track of all your subscriptions so you know what your monthly and yearly total is. A magazine here, a meal plan there, a couple of video services and music subscriptions can really add up fairly quickly. Know how much you're spending and make sure you're still using them. You might even consider a subscription management app to help you keep track of it all. And of course, we watch out for scammers. Yes. Here are some red flags concerning scams. If the deal is too good to be true, it probably is something that you should avoid. 
Again, be sure before you provide credit card information. And once you have subscribed, if you get a renewal notice that asks for your credit card information again, check where that came from. The company already has your credit card information, so it could be coming from a scammer. Always contact the company directly to find out if that's what they intended to send you. All good advice, Monica. And that's all the time we have for Ask BBB for this week. Remember, visit BBB.org to look up a business, file a complaint, write a customer review, report a scam, or just read tips like the ones that we shared with you today. And follow us on social media as well. You can contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western ONT. Are you interested in becoming a BBB accredited business? Well, call us or go online to bbb.org forward slash Western Ontario and become part of one of the largest business networks in North America. And thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Monica Braz. Remember, ask BBB. And start with trust.